Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action Forward News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I am Mr. Common Number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and always remember, as the great Stoneforge mystic Ann Landers always said, nobody ever drowned in their own lock. Okay. Squee McGee getting caught up on meta traffic with Weatherlight Report. Uh, I'm bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. Well, the Innistrad Amateur Basketball League, or the IABL, has oh. resumed in the bubble, so he's working that event. Oh, hey. like it. Well done. Thank you for tuning in to your number six source of Magic the Gathering news. I would like to retire the bit, but I've been told I cannot. It's unretirable. <laughs> we're not we're not retiring it. We're going to start off the top of the cast with the latest in Carnage that ensued with 45. <laughs> So uh, finally got around because of the, the COVID, uh, gave me a uh, Saturday night free to just play Magic. Uh, so I actually streamed with MTG Lexicon. Nice. That, that dirty dive bar of EDH on the internet. <laughs> dirty dive uh, it was, bar. It was fantastic. Uh, I got in, uh, decided to play my Xerus deck, because you guys hate seeing that deck. Max. So I, I decided glad the you could common take it to the people. Community. Yeah, good job. Yeah, I thought the common people would like it. But they threw a twist on me that I did not know. We were plane chasing. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Which uh, I thought it was going to be terrible because we're doing this over webcam. But with the uh, Lexicon server that they have set up that streams on Twitch, it's actually an amazing experience. Nice. Very nice. So uh, I was playing Xerus. Another player was playing a Mutate deck. Filthy. Oh, yeah. Uh, another player, uh, his computer crashed. Can't quite remember what he was playing. And then there was a Dragons player, I'm pretty sure. Um, so we're on a plane. We're on a double damage plane for a hot minute. Ooh. And it's just like, ugh, I do not want to be here. But I get I get out Xerus, and I'm like, all right, let, let's, let's see what happens here. I got like seven, eight mana, and I go ahead and throw it out there. Hey. Can I hit you, Mr. Dragon Player, for six? You'll take six, don't block, and you'll draw six cards. And he's like, hell yeah, I'll absolutely <laughs> draw six cards. So he drew six, that put him to 11 in hand. I drew six, I think that put me to nine or 10. Uh, Corvath's Fury. Ooh. And if you guys are not familiar, four colorless red, Good I choose one. friend or foe. Each friend discards their hand and draws that many plus one, and each foe takes damage for the amount of cards in their hands. So, of course, I'm a friendly guy. Yeah. Everyone yeah. draws some cards. Likely story. Likely yes. story. So, uh, I, I got six snakes off the attack trigger, or the attack damage trigger, and then we got another... Oh, 21 snakes <laughs> off of the two opponents, sir. Uh, so I had, I had 27 total snakes and I drew and discarded down to hand sides at the end of my turn. But I kept just to give you an insight, parallel lives, Ooh. doubling season oh. and Beastmaster Ascension. Oh, so, that's like the that's like, that's like my green boner list. <laughs> oh man, I was I was playing it so cool, just like oh, it's you know, it's like not a big deal. I don't know what I'm gonna do against these dragons. So go, go to the next player because the one guy timed out. He rolls the dice. My heart sinks. He goes to the plane that's called Kess, 
And if you are not familiar with Plane Chase, Kess basically says non-werewolf creatures do not deal combat damage. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Kess literally run. shuts me down. <laughs> uh, and the chaos on that uh, plane is all your creatures get plus two, plus two, and become werewolves in addition to their other types until end of turn. Sure. So that player is like, oh, yeah, like keeping that, like saving my life. Uh, Ghost of the... Uh, mutate player and he has a monster it has like seven or eight things mutated it's like an 11 11 or an 8 8 uh it's filthy um and so he actually rolls his thing becomes an effing werewolf oh no so he hits me for, <laughs> hits me for 13 oh, and man. i think i'm down to like 14 now sure. and i'm like okay here's the thing if i don't get out of this effing plane i'm gonna die <laughs> and so it comes to me i got all this mana but the thing is is even if i get out of the plane depending on how many times i have to roll the plane or die i may not have enough to put down beastmaster right. ascension and get the win literally my last roll to where i could afford beastmaster got chaos they all became werewolves and plus two plus nice. two and they're like oh that's not good and i was like yeah well this isn't even better planted beastmaster ascension they're like oh well that's a yeah. good game and it's like yeah it is Jeez. so took game one with the win and then i even won game two that night so undefeated last weekend on lexicon well done Getting the, good, getting the good word out there. That's right. The good word of Mr. Combo, we don't need friends. Sweet McGee, what games do you want to talk about? I have one game in particular I want to talk about. It's going to be probably the f- shortest 40 life in a dash I've ever had outside of Squeeze Breeze. Uh, so, Lord of Leaves, myself, finally got together. Oh, no. We no were way, really? Game. We were talking Reese on Reese. On Torbrand, and I don't remember what Mr. Combo played. What were you playing? Uh, oh, I played Kalia. Yeah, you nice. played Kalia. Anyways, so here are the details of the game. Uh, Lord of Leaves and I went first and second. <laughs> Lord of Leaves drew a card. I drew a card. Mr. Combo drew a card. Dan drew a card. Second turn. Lord of Leaves plays a card. Mr. Combo basically wipes his board off. I draw a card next turn. Dan wipes my board off. And then... <laughs> Mr. Combo puts out uh, what card did you play with Kalia that killed Lord so, of Leaves? Like, I went ahead and did the Kalia Master oh, of Cruelties. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, basically, he killed Lord of Leaves, and then Dan just kept torching all my creatures the entire game. So the uh, Reese on Reese battle had literally nothing to do with anything. Maybe going for another round. It, it went so poorly, I don't ever want to do it again. No offense to you, Mr. Lord of Leaves, but the hate that we both drew collectively from having two Reese players on the board, like, I don't, I, I just, I don't know what to say. My feelings were hurt. We didn't get to do anything. It was very <laughs> oppressive, not card-wise, but player-wise, and, uh... Hmm. Here's the thing. How am I not going to do a Master of Cruelties trick when it's the only demon in my hand that I get to pl- that I can play? I'll also has see, nothing else. I'll also say I am starting to be a, so that sucks for you, Squee. However, I am starting to become a huge fan of this Lord of Leaves versus Mr. Combo rivalry to the extent that I hope whatever will last Saturday <laughs> that it comes to fruition in some sort of grand spectacle. Whatever the case. Yeah, of course may we're be. recording this in the past for the future. Uh, I know MTG Lord of Leeds is going to be hunting me down during <laughs> Command Fest weekend. Just just know that you assholes asked for this and then you squashed it before it even started. <laughs> and I'm proud of it. Big Tuck, anything you want to talk about? No, I was uh I was 
drinking no fewer than 30 beers uh, a day at the lake this last weekend. So that was fun. Sounds However, like a good time. I do have a couple of quick mailbag entries. Number one, uh, shout out to our boy, our favorite trucker and veteran, Lemony Lemmings. He sent me a guided passage, which is the card yeah. where you show your entire deck and someone like chooses cards out of it for my chaos deck. And then I have a little bit of mailbag to deal with. So a uh, friend of the show, Scooty Shuffles, uh, listened to the podcast last week about winning the lottery. And he had the gall to call me out for making money on the Tice cards, which were <laughs> given to me. Um, so I have three major things I need to tell you, a uh, friend of the show, Scooty Shuffles. Number one, I invested hours into sorting that thing, like 10 hours. So that's number one, <laughs> which is an investment. Number two, uh, suck it. And number three, know your place. Uh, it was. I was really excited because I hadn't heard from him in so long, and I was like, text message from Scott. Oh, I hope he and his wife, aka my mom, are doing very well. And then he was like, you have. Then he literally said that. So, just that's pretty. Well, funny. I'll see you on the interwebs, my friend. More friend. Which you know what? He's not the first person I've heard say something like that. Which to me. It's kind of like with Squee, with the guy. If you have product and you're not willing to invest the time into finding out if it's worth anything, don't be upset at someone else if it's like, oh, I found a black lotus mm-hmm. in a box of trash right. at a I estate think, sale. I, I'm not I'm not gonna pay twenty dollars for that box of trash and be like, oh you, sorry, here's a hundred thousand dollar card. I looked through twenty thousand cards three times. Three yeah. f- times my eye still twitches you can see it on the camera yeah, I right see now. when we were, when we were <laughs> getting <laughs> drinks at rock creek like, i could see your eye i was gonna say something like, but. i can't i'm tired my eyes hurt they're bleeding i need help i, I put a lot of effort into those boxes but I've, I've, I've also known that if you tell someone their eye is twitching their eye just starts twitching even more or if you ask about it because <laughs> there's like an epidemic of eye twitch in the operations department of a company I used to work for so anyways uh, a couple an shout outs there uh, uh a tip of the hat and a wag of the finger all right, well, that's going to wrap up 40 Life in a Dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse, what's the plane chase? So we are continuing this four-part series on how to build a deck the CMD Towerway with uh, continuing from plotting your grains. Now we're going to be harvesting your hops Ooh. and talking about how we build our hop sections. So uh, Big Tuck, if you could just remind our audience what are hops when it comes to the CMD Tower deck building strategy? <clears throat> For those who listen to the Alternate Universe podcast, you will have heard this one before. Hops, hops are, are actual strains of plants that are related to cannabis that give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal and floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can actually do what it wants. Yeah, so in a nutshell, guys, hops are the cards in your deck that are going to interact with your opponents and the strategies that they're trying to do, whether that be board state related, graveyard related, what they're doing to you, uh, how, how just basically all of that. So we each have picked two of our decks to kind of talk about and give a little insight into how we build hops. Because as forementioned in the Plotting Your Grains episode, It's not as simple as have X amount of this when you're building your deck. Mm -hmm. It all kind of thrives off the commander. So the first commander that I want to talk about of mine is actually one that we did on episode four of Brews and Builds. Uh, We're talking about Shirai Shitsos Caretaker. So this is a mono black commander. 
That whole rigmarole, as Big Tuck would say, is whenever one of my creatures with power one or less is put into the graveyard from play, I may return that creature card to play under my control at the end of turn if Shirai is still in play. So it's a little, it's kind of like teeny weeny graveyard recursion. Um, and in this deck, I have 23 hops cards. Whoa. So it, I actually feel like that's a fair amount. Mm -hmm. But, you know, um, the, the kind of hops cards I have in here are ones that do a couple different things. So the, the thing that will really shut down this deck is going to be artifacts uh, that, you know, like your Graph Digger's Cage and things to that nature, um, which Black has a very hard time dealing with. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, any type of big creatures, because if you have a big 8-H trampler, you're just going to dominate over me. Mm -hmm. And being able to, I guess, s protect my key pieces from maybe getting exiled. So to give you guys some insight, you know, like one amazing hops card that I have for the deck is Meek Stone. It's a just single colorless artifact. Creatures the power three or greater oh, don't untap during their controllers untap steps. Squeeze seen it, Tuck seen it, our playgroup seen it, the collective has seen it. When I drop a Meek Stone with Shirai, it's usually mid to late game. When I've been, because people know my rigmarole, yeah. they're going to hit me and try to kill me. Boom, Meek Stone lands, and a lot of people are like, well, what do we do now? How do we get around this? Right. So, so th that's a that's a good example. Um, you know, another one is Gate to Phyrexia, double black enchantment. Oh, yeah, I have to sacrifice a creature during my upkeep, but I can destroy any one artifact. Black can't really deal with artifacts. Mm -hmm. That's why um, Tuck helped me out. Seven colorless scourge of existence. Scour from existence. Or from existence. Scour from yeah, existence. Yeah, yeah. That's why that card shows up in a lot of black decks, just because it can deal with an artifact or enchantment, right. and black doesn't really have ways to do that. So Gate to Phyrexia is going to stop the Graph Digger's Cage, because if I can't pull stuff from my graveyard, I am screwed. Right. Um, and then another one, just to give you guys insight to my thought process, I have actually Ashenod's Altar in my hops. A lot of people would think that'd be a grain card because it's producing mana, but every time I've played this deck, what really, really happens is people start targeting my different key pieces, so that way they either get exiled, they get enchanted into a damn tree because Squee likes to do that from time to time. Right. Might talk um, about it. So, we'll see. Yes, it fits into a grain as well, but it's really there for, oh, you're targeting my thing with that. Right. I'll just sack it. Two colorless goes away. It comes back up my end step. So that gives a little insight. When I am deck building around a Shirai, I needed about 25% of the deck, total cards uh, value, or 33% for breaking it down into the categories. That could be interactive with my opponents because my strategy is very linear. Mm -hmm. If I can't do Shirai's rigmarole, I cannot win the game. Yeah, that on. Squee McGee. What's the first one you want to talk about? All right. So since I just did this like two days ago, and it's appalling. I know y'all are going to hate me for it, but uh, Akiri's worth a lot of money now, and it has a lot of hops oh, in there. Boo. He just wants to talk about it because he's rich now. Yeah, I'm not Scrooge even going to talk about the cards that are expensive. Um, <laughs> so the biggest thing that I run into this, and I've, I've renamed this deck because I changed out the commander to Ishai, so it's, it's now Dualtron instead of Ultron. Um, oh, that's okay. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, so... In my Dualtron deck, the biggest issue that I have is I will run into a situation where I have open mana, I don't have anything else to play, and people are going to snipe out one or both of my commanders. Um, 
So you have to build your hop section around that in this particular kind of deck, especially in any Voltron deck. You're going to be looking at how do I protect what I have on the board right now with the cards that I have in my hand. And, and maybe I can do that also with some cards that I put on the board too that will keep people from attacking me because I obviously don't have a wide strategy here. So if somebody has 15 tokens, 20 tokens, something like that, I have nothing to say to them other than maybe say like a... Uh, um, oh, what is it? I'm just blanking off the top of my head right now. One second. I'll find it. Okay, there it is. All right. Um, so, yeah. So like, no, no, no. Like, so, say you have a bunch of, of creatures on the board that are trying to swing out wide to you. You could play something like a Windborn, or Windborn Muse or a Ghostly Prison. Things like that, to me, are very interactive on the board in a Voltron or Dualtron deck, as I'm tagging this one here. Uh, so then they have to pay a lot of mana to be able to come and swing at you. So you can minimize. They're still going to be able to hit you probably for three or four creatures worth if they if they save their mana up and they're really gunning for you. But these are going to shut those decks down from doing much to you other than spot removal. And then the way that I built this deck is now that I have things on the board like that, or maybe you play something like a... Uh, a stasis, which is, you know, Ugh. not everybody's face favorite card, but it's in there. Um, and for those playing the home game, let me look up exactly what it says. It says make no friends. Yeah, yeah it, it says does. should not be played. Uh, in oh, no, no, sorry, sorry. It says lose all yeah, friends. Yeah, it, it says should and not be played in Commander. <laughs> yeah. And, and when stasis leaves play, gain those friends back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so for, uh, for those playing the home game, if you're playing a stasis, especially in a Voltron deck where your commander may or may not have vigilance, it's kind of handy. Uh, it's a two-costed enchantment for uh, colors and a blue player. Skip their untapped steps at the beginning of your upkeep. Sacrifice stays unless you play a blue mana. So you can essentially lock down every single person's board except for your own with your own Voltron commander. Swing through every single turn. And we've talked about this on previous casts too where you try to make your hop cards yeah, maybe they're oppressive, maybe they suck, maybe people don't like them, but at least they have a specific purpose within your deck that makes sense with your commander and has an interaction that works with them. It's not just a general spike card. Um, so things like Stasis, things like Ghostly Prison work for me. And then um, the other thing I did with Hops in this deck, because obviously people are still trying to snipe your commander out of here while they're swinging around. So if you have something that's going to keep them from swinging sure. through with too many creatures, then you need something that's going to keep them from hitting your commanders or getting rid of them, removal, whatever the case may be. So I loaded it up with probably seven or eight different counter spells. Some of them more notable than some of the other ones. Uh, but I think in this deck, that makes a lot of sense because I'm going to be sitting back with open mana most every single turn once I've got my engine up and running and I've got my artifacts on the board to power up my commanders and my um, all my equipments are out there. I'm going to need some counter spells to say, hey, no, you can't do that. I know that's your big flashy spell you wanted to play, but I got to stop that because it's going to mess up my whole game. So that's, that's really how I built this was two different phases. Phase one, stop people from attacking me while I don't have a lot of blockers. And phase two, stop people from killing my commanders when I don't really have any other responses that are on the board. Sure. Awesome. Makes a lot of sense. Tuck, what's the first deck you want to talk about? Uh, so I wanted to talk about, I think, the hoppiest deck I own, which is my March Mar Queen Marchesa? Chesa? Chesa? What are we going with? I think, it, I think it's Marchesa. Marchesa. Okay, we want to talk about my Queen Marchesa deck, which has 31 hop cards in it. Um, and before we got into that, I had a couple things I want to say just about hops in general. So in my opinion, two things. Number one, I think hops are probably the most is 
the most valuable and underplayed cards that are in Commander. Because we've talked so many times about how one enchantment, one creature, one card can stymie an entire deck. Um, and two, uh, another shout out to Patreon uh, coming in hot off the off the Soul Ring debacle of 2020. Uh, PDL <laughs> Soul Ring. He referred to this deck in particular, but I think this fits hops. They're not win cons. They're don't lose cons, which I think was kind of a cute thing to say. So. Yeah, in this uh, in this deck, I, I think that there's three kinds of hops cards, and they kind of fall into three different places. So the first one I want to talk about are hops that affect the board, right? So these could be anything that could be from a attack step to a board wipe, that sort of thing. In this deck, it's in Mardu, so it's a little slow. So particularly, we want things that can really gum up being attacked and being hate out earlier. So for me, a card we've talked about on the podcast before, Kazul, Tyrant of the Cliffs, uh, the legendary Ogre Warrior, yep. is just kind of fills both both slots of this. So three colorless red red for a 5-4 legendary creature Ogre Warrior. Um, whenever a creature an opponent controls attacks, uh, if you're the defending player, and again, it doesn't say attack you or a Planeswalker control, just if they're attacking you on defense, you create a 3-3 red ogre creature token unless that controller pays three. So again, it's not only decentivizing them to attack you because they have to pay the mana, um, but you also are able to then block if needed to um, and continue to adjust the board state there. So the second thing that I think not, th this one's a little harder to get from a hops, a hops perspective is attacking the hand, right? And, and cards coming in and out of the hand. Mm -hmm. And for me, this is where I feel like the, the um, counter spells of the world, discard spells, right. those sort of stuff kind of fall in. So they have their hand and they have to kind of warp what they're actually playing out of their hand, depending on what you're holding up. So the card that I think exemplifies this best in this deck is Painful Quandary which is three colorless uh, black oh. black. Yeah, it's oh, it's awful. Um, it's an enchantment. And then whenever an opponent casts a spell, that player loses five life unless he or she discards a card. So in effect, you're, you're not only affecting what they're casting, but also what's left over in their hand. So they're gonna lose something either way. I think mm -hmm. that, that being able to control not only the thought process around what they have in their hand, but also how they sequence it out is very important as well. And lastly, and this is something that I think is can be overlooked, and to Mr. Combo's point, this sort of thing really hampers his deck, is how can you affect the player's graveyard? So in my opinion, I always view the graveyard as kind of like a second deck. So a classic card that comes to mind that I think is a great interaction with any graveyard, yours or otherwise, is Animate Dead. So um, I'll try to get through this as fast as I can because this was written a million years ago. It's got a wall of text. I, uh, but I have a few a few copies. If you need <laughs> effectively, it's a colorless and a black. You enchant a card in a graveyard. It comes into play under your control with minus one, minus zero. And if it gets if Animate Dead gets destroyed, the creature goes away. So again, if you do do a big doo doo, if you do complete a big board wipe or a really big removal, this will also give you a chance to interact not only in growing your own board state but also stripping. Away resources that they may be wanting to use later. I think that's pretty. Yeah, fair. no, those are all great points. And you know what's interesting is whenever I'm doing my hop section and when I'm deck building, I actually don't 
really think about graveyard mm -hmm. recursion at all. I, I only think about it if I'm in a color that just naturally has it. So if I'm in mono white, sure, I'm gonna throw a rest in peace sure. in yeah. the deck. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't I? Uh, but usually it's like board wipes, removal, or targeted removal and counter spells. But the only things that are top of mind, you know, graveyard I think is something in land destruction. I think both of those are probably ones that probably slip under right. the radar for a lot of players. And that's, It's actually funny you mentioned that because I was thinking about in the Akira deck I threw in just a, a strip mine and a wasteland because I think they're nice to have. And just because you got them in your this. pile of cards, we can do. <laughs> I mean, but we talked about this where if you have them in your deck, you don't necessarily have to use them in a spiteful right. manner. But say somebody gets a guy as cradle and is about to pop off, then what are you going to do? You got to stop it somehow. And and yeah. and to your point, Mister Combo, we did discuss at some point uh, previously about how like a card like Ghost Quarter um, and Scavenger Grounds, both of which are dirt cheap, that will accomplish yep. both of those things, are really really helpful to have. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, my last one I want to talk about, and it's actually kind of funny. Uh, you know, we sh we should be planning amongst each other these top or like decks that we're talking about, but we don't. <laughs> but uh, Squee McGee talked about his Voltron deck. Uh -huh. I'm going to talk about one of mine. Mm -hmm. So this was actually featured on Bruce and Bill's hey, episode Dualtron, 29. Dualtron, I'm coining it. Uh, sorry, it's Dualtron. Got a big C on there. Uh, I'm talking about Greven Predator Captain, my Vin Diesel deck. Oh, heck yeah. So, uh, Greven, for those that are not familiar, he has Menace and he's a 5-5, five five, and he gets plus X plus O, where X is the amount of life you've lost that turn. Um, and then whenever he attacks, you may sacrifice another creature. If you draw cards equal to that creature's power, lose life equal to that creature's toughness. So this one's all about playing too fast and too loose with your life total, because <laughs> you got to reduce your life total to make him bigger. And so the interesting thing is, looking at the, my deck, you would think I would have lots of hops because in a Voltron deck, if your commander gets shut down over and over and over, once again, you have no way to win. Um, Big Tux talked about it in our alternate podcast with his alternate personality, <laughs> that the way that my alternate personality builds decks is very top down. The commander's the theme, and I really center it around that. And so I have 19 hops cards in the deck. And when I kind of look at my hops package, the way that I really looked at Greven is not so much I need to do controlling things on my opponents, but more I need to protect him and my life total as much as possible because if my opponents are draining my life total, I can't drain my life total to therefore drain your life total. So like one example I have in here is, and this is usually like a yeast card for a lot of people, Exsanguinate. Oh, I actually sure. use it as a hops card for, for this deck. So Exsanguinate, guys, if you're not familiar, X black black sorcery, each opponent loses X life and you gain life equal to the life loss this way. Traditionally, this is used in uh, as our uh, friends up north, America's Hat, or We Are Canada's Toilet, <laughs> CCO Nation. Uh, this is usually a big black daddy mana yeah. type decks mm -hmm. uh, to where I'm Cabal Coffers, Urborg, I'm doing it for 50 yep. and I'm just going to kill it. And that's it, yep. And that's it. And literally this card, I play it for like six. Because I need I need I need to gain eighteen life so that way I can spend that eighteen life to hopefully kill you. Right, right, right. So that's an example of a card that on its surface would usually be used as yeast, but for me it's actually a hops. 
Um, another one is Dark Steel Plate, three colorless artifact uh, equipment, mm-hmm. and it's indestructible. An equipped creature has indestructible for equipped two. Mm-hmm. I mean, I talked about it. You know, if your commander is getting one shot at or board wiped all the time, you're not killing anyone off Voltron damage. No. So I had to have a way in here to interact with my opponents with those removals. And by the way, Dark Steel Plate's now eight dollars. Yeah, I mean that kind of sucks. Seriously, I, like, I would like to have so one setting. for Akiri, but. I don't want to pay eight dollars for it. Oh, it's okay. You can sling yeah, half no. your. You can sling ten and unlimited animate deads and pick it up. Look at these one. And then I think the last one I want to talk about is, it, and Squeak kind of talked about it earlier with with the tokens. Sometimes, like when you're doing a Voltron, the go wides are your worst yeah, they, enemy. They run over Hell, go wides is kind of everyone's worst enemy unless you're a stacks player. Then it's like, oh, I don't care. Or, or unless, you're, unless you're also playing go wide, and then it's just a drop. <laughs> and then both the other players kill you, and then you don't get to play. So that's how that works. Correct. Uh, so Balefire Dragon is something I kind of have in here to do yeah, with yeah, the yeah. go wide type players. So five colorless red red. It's a six six flyer dragon, but it says whenever it deals combat damage to a player, it deals that much damage to each creature that player controls. So this is really used for, hey, the Reese players are getting out of control. Uh, I can't get through with Greven because they have way too many things to block. I'll take a combat off. I'll hit him with a Balefire Dragon, board wipe just them, and then we'll reset and try to assess and do it again this next turn. So that's kind of yeah. how I built my hop section. It's not a lot, but I... But in this deck, I wanted to have more yeasty cards and more grains because that's what my commander wants to do and that's what Rakdos needs. But you still need it a little bit to deal with your opponents because if you don't have a, a good hops package when a Voltron deck, you're going to fall flat on your face. Yeah, for sure. And actually, do you mind if I go next? Because I think mine is yeah, very, why I think mine's very close Sir, to yours. I do mind. No, I'm kidding you. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, we haven't talked about this on the podcast yet, but this we will when it comes to decks that are required to have your commander out. So in a very similar fashion, my Moldratha, the Grave Tide deck, has a lot of the similar concepts that Mr. Combo just went over. So if you're not aware, Moldratha is a 6-6 legendary elemental avatar for three colorless black, uh, green, and blue. Uh, more importantly, it says during each of your turns, you may play up to one permanent card of each permanent type from your graveyard. So the way that this deck is built, and I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to spoil for the people that won't be listening in four months, um, or when I get, or, or, or when I get, or when I get shot on the street, which is a common. You mean they're they're theme. not going to listen to this six out of ten content? It could be. Who knows? So, anyways, but the, this deck is is similar where once people see this come on the board, they kind of realize that you really need the commander to start running. So there's kind of two things that this deck really excels at, which are permanents are, are cards that you wouldn't see normally played, um, and cards that kind of do something that's more commonly done in a instant or sorcery. So this this deck has a couple surprises, which we won't talk about, but the first one I want to talk about is a card called Elephant Grass, which people have very rarely seen. So Elephant Grass is one green for an enchantment. It's from Visions. Uh, cumulative up- old, school. old school. Cumulative upkeep of one. It might be a piece of magic history, but I'll have to check on that later. Cumulative upkeep of one. Black creatures cannot attack you, period. Non-black creatures cannot attack you unless their controller pays an additional two for each attacking creature. 
So this works really well when Maldroth is out because you can always just sack it and bring it back. But more importantly, it's low enough where you can play this turn one and you can kind of buy yourself some time as you're ramping, as you're growing your board into getting into your bigger, your bigger threats. So that's kind of an interesting way to look at it from that perspective. Um, the second one is a card that is just straight outclassed by so many cards, but it's very good in this one because it's a permanent. Um, we're talking about the seal cycle, most importantly, the seal of primordium. So colorless and a green for an enchantment. You can sacrifice it and destroy a target artifact or enchantment. As Mr. Combo made allusion to earlier, if someone puts down a recipes or Grafdigger's cage or something horrible like that, this deck is dead in the water. So I kind of yeah. like this one, even though this entire deck plays at a very slower speed, it's good to have this on the card, not only as a reactionary, but also as a rattlesnake card to say, hey, if you want to come over here, like I'm going to blow something up of yours, right? Um, and no one's going to waste an enchantment removal on this because you'll just bin it and get it back later. And then the last thing is this deck, like all the decks we've talked about, really dies quick to swarms and, and quick damage. So there's a card yeah. which is, I think... Uh, we I don't know if we've actually talked about it on the podcast yet, but I think we all hate it. We're talking about our little buddy Spore Frog. So <laughs> Spore Frog, for those I who don't, don't even know, want to get into it, yeah, it'll be really quick, and we'll we'll figure this out later. But Spore Frog is a one-one for one green. Um, it has a blanket text: uh, "The end of one life is merely the beginning of thousands more." Uh, more importantly, though, you can sacrifice it and prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to you this turn. So again, this deck really needs to hit that like four, five. It really needs to get going to like turn four, three, four, five to get running, so you can bring out your commander and then start you know doing your your uh, machinations, if you will. So Spore Frog is even is great if you can get him in some sort of diabolical loop. Looking at you, ex friend of the show, Colby. Um, but even if you just get him down turn one, it's a real, real strong deterrent for anyone to swing at you with their random bits of damage here there or otherwise so again some cards that you wouldn't normally see or that can get outclassed by other ones but that really make this deck sing at a lower cmc hashtag screw spore frog i like it make a trend somebody meme about I hate it spore frog. I don't know. but you know what it, honestly if you guys think list. of Here's the thing, if you think about it, the only reason his decks ran rampant back in the day with Spore Frog is because we were usually playing 1v1 or a 3-pod. Mm -hmm. Spore, the Spore Frog Marin stuff does not work on a 4-pod, no. because it's just like, there's going to be two people with scary boards, and it's like, okay, one's going to swing, you're going to sack it, you get it back at your instep, and then... Yeah. It's like you're going to be exposed for the other person. Right, you're right. going to always be exposed by one. But when we were doing those three pods or, or Squee and, and him would just go 1v1, you can't get around I it. I will have you know that I lost to the GOAT this very weekend via Sporefro. <laughs> How? The game that, that your uh, computer crapped out on? I had it in the bag. Oh, yeah. And I was going on and on and on, and I was playing Akiri and swinging through, and then he just had an endless Sporefrog rigmarole that made me want to vomit. Yeah, I was I was so upset, Tuck. Literally, my computer crapped out, and at the same time, when I was like, "What the hell?" I spilled my drink all over oh, my cards, no! my double masters. Really? Yeah. Oh so, no, they're 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 good. Some are a little warped, sure. so I have them sitting under like fifty pounds of pressure <laughs> in the basement to try so, and flatten out. Maybe we call it hashtag soggy masters. Uh, I, I, and oh, I do, God. I do have uh, one last bit here. Elephant's grass is not a piece of magic history, and you can get it for a buck seventy. 
My turn. I passed the turn. Decent. All right, Squee, what's the last one you want to talk about? All right, so I wanted to talk about this one because I've only gotten to play it one time, and this deck is 100% hops. I mean, the whole thing is hops, as far as I can tell. I have have no win cons in here. I don't know how to end a game yet. We're working through that. i got to play some more games to figure it out, but it's Marik Ribere. So, um, Marik Ribere taps as It's Your Commander comes in and it taps, Long story short, you take somebody else's creature, and when it untaps, that creature's destroyed, and Marik's like, yeah, that's it. You lose the creature. But the whole deck is steal stuff, take people's things, counter their spells, don't let them play anything, board wipe their crap, and then start that whole rigmarole over. So the idea of this deck is to be an entirely hops-built deck that is so hoppy that it becomes yeast, because then you steal other people's bangers, and you beat them with their own stuff. Um... Like, I'm running control magics, all that type of stuff. Everything that you can think of that takes anybody else's creatures, brings them to your battlefield, I'm running those. Anything that counters anybody's spells, I'm running those. Anything that prevents you from attacking me, I'm running those. Anything that destroys your lands, I'm running those. Board wipes, I'm running those. I bet I bet there's 80 hops cards in here. Well, not 80. Like, uh, with the lands. You, know, you, know, you know what that sounds like? Say it like sounds like Reese where it doesn't have any direction. Uh, oh, also, has, I was, I was also going to say that... Uh, uh, for the one home brewer that listens to us, they immediately shut down when they heard it turns the yeast and or turns the hops into yeast. Impossible. Yeah. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, I'm going to throw that one out to the collective. If you can think of a good win con, that's not just a couple of infinite combos. That'd be cool. Uh, I would like that. Uh, I think you're probably playing the wrong deck then. Yeah. I mean, it, it's an interactive deck and I will say in its first game, it, it failed with flying colors. Uh, people hated it. I got hated out real quick because as soon as I had my commander and I was like, hey, they were like, what does your commander do? And I said, oh, it, um, no, it, it taps. Anything to steal stuff. You're like, oh, I remember. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I was like, it, it taps and it And then they were like, oh, yeah, so we're going to destroy that and you're not going to play anything else. Um, and that was how that game went. So, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're still working on that. It, it got a little, also with the older cards, it got a power boost. So we'll see how it goes. But that is a 100% happy boy. Nice. Awesome. Well, hopefully, uh, as the part two of this four-part series, this helps the collective understand how the CMD Tower crew uh, builds our decks with hops. I was going to say, it just gives you a glimpse of the unthinkable. Mm-hmm. Mm. Maybe you build your deck out of all hops. No lands, just all, <laughs> hops. all hops. All zero drop, like all zero drop. Uh, what is that? The uh, the zero drop lotus that comes out. You have to play all artifacts to get your mana. Oh, jeez. <laughs> all right. Well, that's gonna wrap up. What's the plane chase? Now in that last segment, Squee dives into those creative juices with the weather. Weatherlight Report coming to you live from Weatherlight Chopper 4. I'm Squee McGee. So uh, today we are talking white, blue, black, land, matters. Uh, it's Dekon Blackblade. Oh. So summon legend from uh, a very long time ago. Legends, if you will. Uh, so Dekon Blackblade has power and toughness equal to the number of lands you control. And uh, that's really about it. It costs two colors, a white, two blue, and a black. 
Um, I have looked at him before. Yeah, interesting um, card. He's interesting. Um, I will say that that land matters outside of green becomes a bit of a struggle. Uh, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna ride that struggle bus all the way home. Uh, so the the first card I wanted to talk about is going to be an interesting one that uh, kind of shuts people down from dealing with your lands themselves. Um, so this is Tomic Distinguished Advocist. It is two white, legendary creature, human advisor. Uh, I guess you could run this in mono white if you're feeling extremely oh, yeah. bold. Um, so flying, lands on the battlefield and land cards in your graveyards can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponents control. Your opponents can't play land cards from graveyards. It's a 2-3. Such a good hate Weird cards are like 13 <laughs> cents. This one's like 13 cents, and if I remember right, it's in 0% of decks. This is a staxy, beautiful kind of card that I'd never heard of, and I don't understand why everybody doesn't just throw this into your mono uh, white it's deck. It's in 1% of decks. Oh, decks. Oh, dare zero you! 0% as a commander. 0% as a commander. Okay, okay. Cowards! Fair enough. <laughs> a two, three, this card's so, like, it's so staxy, it's so cheap, and it, it, it shuts down a, a pretty good amount of the magic community on what they're trying to do. And it also shuts down anybody's strip mines and wastelands from coming after you. And it's only two mana to put on the board. Yeah, this it's a two three. This this looks this card just looks looks uh, wind grace in the face and just goes cuss you right in the face. <laughs> Yeah, no, for, for no joke, oh. or Crucible of the World. Oh, sure. or, oh God, Get Rock Monster gets shut down. Mm -hmm. Heck, even just good value, like my Kozilek deck uses the graveyard just so I can do fetch lands over and over because right. colorless needs ramp help. <laughs> that just shuts it down. This is a mean nice. card. Well, you know, I like it. We're on week three of oppression, so let's keep it going. Um, <laughs> so the next card I wanted to talk about is Eternity Vessel. It is six colorless as an artifact. I believe it's a mythic. Oh, it uh, is. Eternity Vessel enters the battlefield with X charge counters on it, where X is your life total. So if you play it early, could be pretty big. Uh, and then it has Landfall. Whenever a land enters oh. the battlefield under your control, you may have your life total become the number of charge counters on Eternity Vessel. How is this card three dollars? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, you great. have this Aetherflux Reservoir. You kind of win the game. If you're like, if like, your life's you at fifty. Aetherflux, yeah, but usually Aetherflux, it's already there. But then your life gets above fifty. But it's like I got two opponents that I have to deal oh, with. Oh, I see. Yeah, Aetherflux Reservoir. And then once you get to the Eternity Vessel, throw it down. Reservoir. Land, 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 reservoir. reservoir. Okay. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, you could do that. Or if you play it early game, this is just a wait or a great way to stymie anybody's attacks on you for a really long time until they find artifact removal. So I was pretty surprised about this. Uh, six colorless I is like a it. bit expensive, but yeah. for what it yeah. does, I don't think it's all that expensive because it is a every single time you play a land, reset your life total essentially. Well, and if you're playing, if you're trying, yeah. if you're trying to play lands in Esper, you're going to have a really monster mana rock package as well with like wafers, baubles, and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So the chance of this coming down earlier than turn three or around like turn three or four is definitely a possibility. I also like the artwork. Yeah, it's it, like a tree that has it looks like a it's yeah. like a, a cyclonic rift thunderstorm, but it's a tree that's planted in the ground. Yeah. And plus, you know, being the, this commander that you're running, you're going to have a sword of the animist in the deck, which right. fetches oh, lands right, right, right. out sure. because yeah. you're Voltron. I mean, you want to be hitting with your commander with big, big fat chest, I guess, since that's attack. Yeah. But yeah. Is defense. We'll call him chesty. Big fat we'll chest. Big fat, a big fat chest. <laughs> 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I was pretty excited about this. And honestly, this could fit in a lot of other kind of decks too. Cause I mean, really it just kind of, it, it banks off of your, your life total. And then it gives you value out of your late game land draws that usually you hate to see. So yeah, I like it. Next one I want to talk about. It's the only common in the bunch. Uh, you probably heard of it. I'm sure everybody's got it in their fodder boxes. It's Scare Tiller. Uh, four colorless yep. artifact creature, Scarecrow. Uh, whenever Scare Tiller becomes tapped, choose one. You may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped, or return target land card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped, and it's a 1-4. So it's pretty decent, but it can block for you. Every time it becomes tapped, either you have something on the board that allows you to tap it and do different things and or you tap it on purpose or you just tap it to attack you're going to be able to play lands from your hand and or bring them back from your graveyard which is exactly what this deck's going to need to do which is recycle reuse put it back on the board the this also is like a great it. card because this came uh in the angie pre-con so when i first ran that it's very easy to be like look man i'm not doing anything i just need to land on the graveyard can i come in for one please like or just block it or whatever like no one's ever gonna remove it by the it, way i'm so. never listening to you again when you say hey i'm not doing anything i just need to come in for one and i was like <laughs> you don't need to come one. in for you one. can block it you got a three three right there it's nothing personal yeah yeah, that immediately triggers like this bad impulse in my brain. This is like, oh, oh this no. guy's about to, this guy's Something about to, wrong about to go to the bone zone. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think this is your like the best utility card you could ever have as far as easy to cast. Mm -hmm. Doesn't require any colors, especially in a three color deck. Sometimes sure. that can be a problem and it brings back lands that you need. And if you're playing blue, like some of this could be a fun rigmarole where you're milling things off the top of your deck in your graveyard and you're bringing your lands back from your graveyard oh, to sure. the battlefield. Do all sorts of different things. But uh, yeah, this one screams all sorts of value. Okay. Sure. So last one I wanted to talk about. It's a nightmare, uh, quite literally. Uh, Dead Presence. So three colorless and a black creature nightmare uh rare uh whenever a swamp enters the battlefield under your control choose one you draw a card and you lose one life and or dead presence deals two damage to any target and you gain two life it's a three three that's pretty awesome this is, this is a new this, this is a new one and it's pretty slick not only does it fit a void in drawing cards granted you're running blue in here so it's probably not all that bad but to be able to use this when you play any swamp from your graveyard and or your hand and be able to either gain life, ping people for life, or draw a card, and then next turn you ping people for life and you gain more life back. So this card's a banger yeah. in my mind, and it really isn't being used by a lot of people as far as I can tell. Um, in any recursion deck that you're running that has black in it, and or any mono black really, like you're running mostly swamps in a mono black deck, like I've toyed with putting this in Kakusho just because oh, sure. I play a lot of swamps. And if it's Kakusho's theme, and I can draw cards, which I desperately need in that deck, put it in. Um, also, if you're running, if you're running Blackblade, there's a very good chance that you're running like an Urborg sort of effect, so that all your lands will be swamps, and so each one will get this trigger. Uh, I did see this previewed, and yeah, I think it's pretty slick, man. I think it's pretty cool. If only it was a one-one, Mister Combo, because this would be awesome in Shirai as well. <laughs> I know. I, I can't. I can't have my cake and eat it too in Shirai. I'm sorry. That's what I basically told myself. It, like there was even um because I pulled. Oh gosh, uh, what's the dude? It just came out in Double Masters. Uh, 
beginning of your upkeep, you reveal the cop card. You oh, lose Dark Confidant. Yeah, it's a 2-1. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Dark Confidant. He's a 2-1. And I was like, ah, oh, if only he was a 1-2. But it's like, no, stop it. <laughs> you don't uh, need it. Squee McGee, I do have a recommendation for you for this deck. Actually, before you do Most that, I, I lied. I have one extra card I need to talk oh, about okay. real quick. You son of it's going to be very fast because it is a land, and it's more expensive than my normal cards. But it's Petrified Field, not used in a lot of decks. It's a uh, rare land, tap, add one colorless man to your mana pool, and then its second ability is Sacrifice Petrified Field, return target land from your graveyard to your hand. Not bad. Okay. And then Wait, you can what? recur this back to your hand, play it on the field, use this to recur that back to your hand, and then you have a back and forth loop going on with your recursion. It's a weird. I mean, uh, I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if I'm 100 percent agree on that one, but uh, okay. Here's yeah, the that, that, that's, so This is in. Uh, yeah. This is on the field. You tap. You sacrifice this. This goes to your graveyard. You bring back another land to your hand. You play that land. Then you go back to your graveyard next time, or when you have your oh, scare tiller. You bring this back, back to your hand. Then you bring petrified field back to the board. Then you tap it, sacrifice Oof, it. That is a it. stretch. Yeah, I, Squee, I, I I usually am on board with this stuff. I I'm not I'm not convinced it's the right deck for this. Well, you know that's why I picked it fifth. Anyways, Mister sure. Combo, what do you got? It's a card. It's your favorite card. Ooh. You know, it's almost up there with Manolith. Uh-huh. Uh, it's got a burnished heart. Get the oh. out of here. Oh man! Slam dunk. Come on! <laughs> it's actually a slam yes. dunk because yeah, for okay, six okay. mana you get two basics out in a three-colored deck. Uh, it's perfect. I, I have two last points here to say as well. It's on, on pure spite. I won't. It's ironic um, that the, the the flavor text of Dakon Blackblade is my powers as vast as the as the plains. My strength is that of mountains. And he's not in red, so that's kind of uh, seems to be a, a silly piece there. And lastly, I want to say that it is incredible that Blackblade's Dakon's legacy lives on in Blackblade Reforged, which is an incredible artifact. I didn't even tie the two together. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So I had a, I wonder. Hey, Vorthos nerd, how did Gideon get a hold oh, of it? Oh, I can say this actually. They found the remnants of it and then forged it together because they knew that was the only thing powerful enough to kill Bolas. And I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and finish this cup because my life is forfeit. I owe you. Well, that's uh, that's about all I had on this deck. I will prove you all wrong in this petrified field. This thing could be a beast in a land deck, and uh, we'll figure that out later. I'll bring it back. We'll hear it again, and uh, I'm sure this will light up in the Discord. Whatever happens, but I'll kick it back to the Action Four News desk with Big Tuck and Mr. Combo. Thank you for staying with us, and as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower and Level 1 Game Shop by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, and placing orders through level1gameshop.com. Also, another way to support your new team is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower, with war tiers for all the budgets. There is a way that you, the collective, can help Squee pick better lands. <laughs> Please, do it. That'd be nice. What other lands do you know you that say- are going to bring it back? Oh, man. I'm going to be on this one for a while. <laughs> Jesus. You can stay in touch with your news team, I guess, if you want. I'm going off script. Uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and WebSeek, CMD. <laughs> you can communicate directly with your team at CMD Tower, at Mr. Common Number 5, all spell out except for the 5, at Dear Sweet, at Big Tuck Tweeting, Freem, Yeek, MTG Action 4 News Team, Good Meek, Good After Meek, Good Meek, and Good Meek. Hi, Mr. Meek. Look at me.